Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Boys, we got a traditional three topics to talk about today. Three bangers, three really good ones, uh, all very different. And we'll get into that right after this quick break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, boys, we're back. 30 seconds in, we did the ad break. I know they like that, right? Mm -hmm. They like it when we go right up top with that. And speaking of commerce... Mm -hmm. Uh, last week, we talked about a new website called Clearly Reformed. Uh, Clearly Reformed is the production of someone who I used to work with, someone who I've written some books with, and it's got a certain vibe, dude. It's got a certain kind of aesthetic. And Pipe, I wanted to real quick bring out one aesthetic thing about Clearly Reformed before we get into this first topic, and it's the aesthetic of whatever room they shot the interview between Kevin DeYoung and your dad in it, it looked like the waiting room in a hospital. You know what I mean? Like the, like the surgical wing, like it had all the charm and ambiance of that, like the washed out, uh, lighting, you know, the, the, the two of them looked like corpses. Uh, it was real rough. So maybe I mean, whoever's in, no, in charge, no offense to either of them. Are we sure that was the lighting? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. No, neither of them are known for their ruddy tan. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I just, I would love to be in a room when somebody approached either of them and said, hey, we're going to put some makeup on you for lighting purposes. Uh, and just just to watch yeah. their faces. Because that I'm certain that didn't happen. I, you know, yeah, you, you sure use clearly reformed as a no makeup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he will probably write a 7,000 word article about why stage makeup is, you know, anti complimentarian or something. But um, I love it. I, you, you use the term hospital waiting room. I just looked at it and I thought, oh, Christian Reformed Church. Like, this is just, this is every Dutch Reformed mm-hmm. aesthetic. It gets, let's, let's remove all, uh, anything that might express yeah. beauty or, you know, even just pleasantness. <laughs> We're going to go, we're gonna we're 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 gonna go a step below neutral, and we're gonna go blah. It's the it's the ham bun of aesthetics, you know. It it <laughs> reflects the that that Dutch reformed food ethic. Uh, every everything really gets captured in it. So, 
Pipe, you beg the the tremendous question, and we'll we'll hear Big R on this one first. Uh, now that we have clearly reformed, what other pastors need a clearly fill in the blank type website to clarify their ministries? And I mm. thought this was just really good. We got a lot of a lot of dudes out there trying to be celebrity pastors and who need websites and who need this kind of thing to to really put a fine point on what they're trying to do. So. Uh, we can we can kind of whip around the studio here and each throw out a few of them. Baby, who do you who do you have for a clearly website? Well, dude, I mean, yeah, it's like looking around and seeing the guys that have because you got to be a dude that has the uh, that has the platform to to do it. You know, yeah. you got to be a dude that like just in terms of your personal output, like it's enough. Mm-hmm. It, it's enough. It's enough to command an entire like ministry, right? Yeah. And so it's like to find those guys that are like, you know, I mean, you know, these are like in your guys' words, they're like first stringers, right? Like they're yeah. they're on deck, and they're franchise players, hundred yeah. percent. So like, I don't, it's weird. Like I, you know, let's just talk about this. Like, is it is it kind of fun, is it kind of strange in some ways that like Maddie Chan has never started his own like Maddie mm. Chan Ministries? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, you know, and, and so this this speaks to something probably foundational in different people's approaches. And maybe it speaks even just more functionally to like where they are and where they're serving. Like, yeah, Maddie Chan is the pastor of a church. And as such, although I, your dad was too, Pipe, when, when well, he... So is KDY, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. I think of KDY more as a... I don't know, a seminary president and a traveling speaker at this point, but I guess he's still affiliated with a church. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. You know, the it takes a certain kind of thoroughbred dude to to carry his own website. I'll I'll get us started. I've got one. Um and it's it's a guy we referenced last week. Um, Tony Stark, John Stark. Uh the ministry <laughs> is called Clearly I Live in New York. Right? So Cle- clearly, clearly I live New in New York. Clearly New Yorker. So the website's going to have some restaurant reviews. It's going to have some uh, some pensive, like, kind of black and white art photos of, like, bridges and brick buildings and architecture. And uh, it's going to... And oddly enough, and oddly yeah. enough, like, a, a lot of people that I'm doubting he gets permission to, like, post their photos <laughs> up mm-hmm. on social media, which I find, I find really peculiar and interesting. Maybe New York is like zagging on social media, but um, but yeah, it it'll include some like two thousand word musings on just how the city is a character in his life, you know, and how vibrant the streets are in the morning. Um, clearly, New York. Clearly, I live in New York. I'm, I'm well, going with that the, one. The, the the whole vibe of clearly New York has to be there are there are certain inspirations and certain cultural realities that he has as a pastor that you simply couldn't get anywhere else. So uh, that's there's it. A, there's a, yeah, there's you don't understand them. Kind of a special revelation yeah. to New York, if you will. That's it. I will. Um, it, either of you, Pipe or Big R, you got you got one to to follow that up. I kind of like, maybe this is, uh, this could be, he might already be doing something. I'm just not aware. But um, I think of like, uh, like I, I think of like Al Mohler, like, he should have something called like clearly smarter mm. ministries. <laughs> clearly smarter. Clearly intellectual. It. Yeah. <laughs> like something in that vein where it's like we we're we are literally just gonna wring out any sense of emotion or feeling, you know, out of this ministry. Boys, I gotta I gotta remain silent on this one. 
I think Mueller might be funding my college and also like some writing gigs that I'm doing right now. So I gotta, I gotta sit, sit this one out on the bench. Personally, but... he's like, he like, he like wrote you a check. I, I mean, all but. So well, yeah, we gotta hear more about I, this. I think, there. I think that is all the more, all the more motivation to get behind this, so that the funding comes <laughs> in spades. Just yeah, if if, if I, we can get a clearly, I'm in a real, I'm in a real bind here. Off. Yeah. Yeah, know, clearly it really Smarter could be you. huge, dude. It could yeah. benefit me. I could get a gig writing for it. Um, I, I hey, listen, I don't hate Clearly Smarter, and I'm I'm over here in my office, kind of doing the calculus on, you know how how I could leverage it for sure. So I actually think that's a great one, baby. I think I think that one makes yeah, that's that's really good. It makes all the sense in the world. What it and um, the thing is like like Kevin DeYoung's. It is both already happening without the name. Uh, yeah, and every yeah. and everything he does fits there. So like Kevin DeYoung's clearly reformed. It's just everything he's already doing just here that would totally work with clearly yeah. smarter for Al Mohler. It absolutely works. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Pipe, you got one. I got two. One of which I think is is on, and the other one is like we might need to workshop it. So the one that I'm pretty sure <laughs> is just on is is Carl Truman needs clearly cantankerous. Um, <laughs> I love it, dude. He's just I would subscribe. He's just the cranky third-party perspective on everything. You know, the right says this, the uh-huh. left says this. You're both idiots. Here's what. Here's what's true. Yeah. Uh, so clearly cantankerous, and then with with as much audio as possible because he's got a cool accent, and that and it actually uh-huh. adds sort of a, like a, a growling, grumpy Scotsman. Uh, it sounds even crankier. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, the one that I think needs workshopping is uh, is Matt Chandler because I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, he. He can't just be the village church guy. That's not good enough. So what about mm. the only thing I can come up with is clearly Texan. Hmm. I like that. There's there's just uh, a some real ra- Texas ranch vibe photos. about. Yeah, I mean, his, his Instagram yeah. is is all like out on a ranch and dogs and cattle. And and, you know, he, he tried his yeah. hand at the steak business for a while. And in the spirit of Texas, like the cattle business ebbs and flows. So, you know, he was in yeah. it, he's out of it. He's going to try, he's probably going to be like a land man or get into oil at some time soon. I don't know. Clearly <laughs> Texan just seems like a possibility. Also, the whole village church reality is distinctly Texan because it's a mm-hmm. massive Baptist church that started as yeah. like a little conservative Baptist church. It only works because, uh, because it's in Texas. It, it's one of those sort of cultural realities. Yeah, no, I dig it, dude. Um, and clearly Texan can go, it could go a lot of different ways. You know, you could, you can have the, the cattle and beef shots one day. Um, you know, you can just have homages to how everything is bigger in Texas, belt buckles. Like I'm thinking of the merchandising possibilities and oh, they're, yeah. they're off the charts. I mean, cowboy v- hats, village, belt buckles, village boots. forever, uh, village forever, yeah, like dude. beer koozies. Beer koozies, boots, um, the merchandising is is going to be unmatched. Uh, I would be super pumped for that. I've got another one kind of in a similar vein. Uh, it's Andy Stanley, and it would be called Clearly Building Bigger Barns. So <laughs> we're, we're getting rich, right? <laughs> so some musings, some like motivational like business phrases, synergy, uh, just some little kind of yeah, trite business business things to help you build bigger barns and uh oh, I, I think yeah that would be nice i think that's good um, and the 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 biblical reference there is 
is good because it just fits the sort of like let's uh, let's put a biblical label on on uh, some capitalism and money making, wealth building. <laughs> That's right. Let's co op the Bible to support our that? thing. Yeah. What about this one for our dear friend uh, Francis Chan? Clearly unclear. <laughs> I love it, dude. Poor, I, poor Frankie. Poor Frank. Poor Frank Chan. Clearly yeah, I'm unclear. Sure, I'm sure he's hurting. Uh, I feel terrible for him. <laughs> or just if you wanted to early 2000s it, um, you could just do a parenthetical around UN and just call it unclearly. You know, oh, yes, that would be a real kind of relevant <laughs> magazine design flourish. Um, yeah. Either way, though, pipe. I'm uh, I'm on board with that idea. Baby, you got another one? Yeah, I kind of like this one for a Ferdy. Uh, clearly muscular. Oh yeah. Oh, clearly good, muscular. Yeah. I was I was working over some possibilities for him in my mind, and that's better than anything I came up with by far. That's good. Clearly muscular. Yeah. I mean that that's an opportunity for him to draw out both like the the spiritual and the physical mm. elements of what it means to be muscular. That's right. You know what I mean? That's like, right. Dude, he, I mean that is like it like has the it's the it's the old classic double meaning mm. title. That's huge. Like Ferdy's traps, you know. Um <laughs> that's it's just huge. I like that. Dang it, I had another one, but I but I lost it. I forgot. Uh, it or, we what, what about like, what people... about our our good friend? This is a bit of a callback to to something that was featured on the show several months ago, maybe two years ago. I don't know. Time is time is funny. Erwin McManus. Mm. Oh yeah, dude. Clearly, clearly accessorizing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Clearly accessorizing. Um, I wonder how his his hoodies are selling for like five hundred bucks a pop. I I hope he's doing well with that. Um. Do we have a check-in on old Erwin McManus lately? Oh, let's, Anybody uh, aware let's of what see. he's doing? We can do it in our studios. If uh, let's see here, I can I can do a little looking. See, if, did you have another one, uh, Ted? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I, I do. I've got a couple I'm I'm chewing on because I want to. You know, we've been quiet about a certain subset of uh, of the church, and it's Anglicans. So mm. I think we mm. need to do some Anglican content, and I feel like clearly contemplative would be would be one and it would just be this kind of shoegazy like we're shuffling around we're sitting in silence we're not really doing a whole lot um so we got we got clearly clearly superior yeah clearly clearly superior would be really good now that's like the undercurrent in all of it you know that's that's subtextual at this point and i think the i think the anglicans like that being in the subtext even though it's clearly like the the vibe that they're going for. Um I had another one for Anglicans. And this this would be like like Richard Rohr. Um I feel like they're always talking about surrendering things. Um so so Wait, is like Richard clearly, Rohr Anglican? I think he I, is, dude. I, I think I he's like Anglicans hyper believes uh, the Bible and I'm not entirely sure he does in its in its fullness. Yeah, no, he doesn't. But he's he's Mr. I like he was Catholic actually. I I don't know. Is he? I thought he's he was. Mr. Like shoegaze contemplative. Yeah, I, I think yeah, no, he, he's desert father guy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, desert father, like little little, you know, fuzzy guy. You just want to pick him up and I don't know, put him on your shoulders or whatever. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so maybe maybe Richard Rohr is not the one for for clearly contemplative. Um, I'll keep working on it. I'm still still banging the dents out of the fenders. Yeah, I mean, for the uh, Anglicans, you, you could just go like clearly robed or something like that. Yeah, and it's just it sort of gives clearly a whole vibe. Robed. Yeah, 
Dude, now I'm looking at the thing you sent into the group chat pipe. And Big R, I want to get your I want to get your take on this uh this this logo here. Erwin? Uh, the yeah, the Erwin Raphael McManus logo. That M is ferocious, dude. That looks like the front end on like a 1970s muscle car. Yeah, um, it really does. I I've seen it, that logo. A lot of guys with the with the, with it, like words with M have that too. It looks like funny. the M from McCormick Salt. Like that that you buy at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong, Pipe. Or McCormick seasoning. <laughs> no, wait a minute, I mean, he really does sell merchandise. Yeah. You guys, he sells mad merch. I'm looking at this, and it looks like the kind of crappy merch that you design on Cafe Press in 2004 when you launch your website. And yet, it's priced at like these outrageous price points. So you could get a cap, a ball cap, that says "Battle Ready." In a very like nondescript cafe pressish kind of font, fifty dollars. Like just who's? Well, I mean, who's buying this crap? Up, it's a straight up "Make America Great Again" hat that just says "Battle Ready." Uh, I mean, it's just red with white. It's print. incredible. It's uh, yeah, the it, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, goodness, Dude, who is? I like, didn't realize you could just a- do this. Give me a refresher on. I, I mean, I know his name, of course. I I can't like place him right now. Yeah, he was like an kind of an emergent church adjacent guy in like the early two thousands. Oh, okay. Kind of doing the like he was an L.A. guy, baby. So like, oh, okay. maybe you guys maybe overlapped like the, the catalyst in leadership LA. scene and all that stuff. So like, very inspirational, artistic. Uh, okay. lot, yeah, lot, lots of lots of narrative and crafting and art mm-hmm. and you're the character and your story and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i mean is he is he like a, is he a mega church pastor dude is that i don't know if he's still no idea or not. he was know? for a long time okay i, I bet we can mm-hmm. find out i mean he's doing fashion now I, he's he's all over <laughs> cafe press i know that yeah you can get that tote bag that onesie you know it's just fun stuff I ordered the onesie and the other one because I think that'll be a great look. Uh, his his website personally, list- I'm not I'm not trying to say that works for everybody, but yeah, no, I mean you don't want really to impose your aesthetic on other people, but I mean, yeah, it it could work. All right, here's You're here's the to here's the one to find it. Yeah, for sure. Here's the one sentence got, description Pipe? of him from his website. He is an iconoclast, entrepreneur, storyteller, fashion designer, filmmaker, and cultural thought leader whose singular intention is mm. to violate our view of reality. <laughs> I'm, I'm very uncomfortable. Super, I don't want. I don't want any of my views violated. I don't want any, anything about me violated. Can I just say that for the record? Super I'm, humble dude, too. Yeah. Don't you get like super humble vibes from him? From, oh, that, super. from that bio. Yeah. I would say maybe he needs to go clearly contemplative and kind of join forces with the. <laughs> yeah. With the yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Um. All right, boys. We got, Viol- we got wait, wait, hold on. What was the line? Violate your what of reality? Your sense view, of reality? Your view of reality. Dude, that is just, that is so violent. Yeah. When is that ever a good thing? You know? Yeah. When, yeah. I mean, I, like I could if somebody see, told me they were coming over to violate my sense of reality, like, or my right. view of reality, I'd be like, dude, I can go a lot of really bad places with that. And I just might call the cops. Right yeah. Now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're calling the strong. cops. You're like loading. Hey. Loading your pistol, you know. Strongly uh, considering becoming great. a gun owner. Yeah. Ronnie, you might even buy yeah, like, a dog at that point to protect yourself. Easy pipe. Easy. Oh, sorry. Did I violate your sense of reality? Yeah, yeah. That is, that is, a dog is the ultimate violation of my sense of, of life. So, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll keep it right there. Yeah. Um, 
Dude, if you had to have a dog living at your house or Erwin Raphael McManus for a week as a house guest, which would you choose? Erwin. Really? I'd take the dog. Well, he's leaving. But you just said forever. So that <laughs> Erwin leaves true. after a week. I'm okay with that. Yeah, you can you can gut it out for seven days. Um that's that's not bad. Boys, let's take a break and then come back and talk about a couple other things. We'll be right back. All right, boys. Um, apparently, there was a big revival at Asbury University, which I learned right before the show is in Kentucky. Uh, it's a Methodist school, and I don't know much about this revival, except that it happened, and now, as per anything that happens, there's all kinds of responses to it. People seem ready to be skeptical. So, Pipe, fill me in on what happened at Asbury. Yeah, so from from what I understand, and I mean, at the time of this recording, it's still going on. So we're we're several days into this, basically. <clears throat> so um, I think late last week, so toward towards the second half of the week, they had a chapel service, which, you know, every Christian college does with some consistency. And Ted, you working at a Christian college, me having attended a Christian college, those those do not tend to be very uh, spirit filled, lively events. They're, they're kind of drudgery, <laughs> uh, generally speaking. Right. But apparently, like when chapel service ended, it just didn't end. And there was confession and prayer and singing. And it just it just has continued. And so and people are coming in from the community and local churches and whatever. And so it's sort of, it's sort of becoming like this. Uh, it has become like this hub of worship, confession, um, and and the marks of a kind of a genuine revival, from, at least from the outside looking in, for for days mm-hmm. now, uh, approaching probably approaching a week, and uh, mm-hmm. so that when it first happened, you know, two two days in, it was kind of a novelty thing, and now it's at the point where it, where it sort of has it surpassed our capacity to under like the news cycle. You know, normally forty eight hours is all the interest yeah. anything gets, and this thing keeps going, right? And of course, because everybody. I shouldn't say everybody. There are a lot of, you know, discerning, quote unquote, people. There's just all this outside evaluation of is this real? Is God really moving? And then people are throwing on the like, if this is real, it's going to lead to all these kinds of changes. And if these things don't happen, then it wasn't real. And uh, so my question, the one that I threw out there was just sort of like, why why do people react like this when there is this? I mean, as far as I can remember Nothing like this has happened in my lifetime uh, at a at a Christian college, certainly not in the last like mm-hmm. 15, 20 years uh, mm-hmm. of, of sort of what looks like an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a way that is that is genuinely moving a community. And yet yeah. our, our response, by and large, has not been awesome. Let's get behind this as far as I can tell. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I've prayed for it to happen at Union. I mean, I would I would want this on campus, and I I while praying for it, it hasn't exactly been like you know necessarily housed in the idea of chapel going forever and ever. Although I'm sure that could happen. Um, so yeah, I think if you're and baby, I want to hear you on this. If you're a Christian, you want this, right? Like this this should be something we all want in terms of yeah, genuine softness of heart movement of the spirit, uh, repentance, reconciliation, et cetera. Like these are things that we should want. So 
when they happen, it seems to me that there would be a sense of genuine curiosity. But yeah, we're we're very quick culturally to want to assign some sort of a take immediately. Baby, what what do you think? Yeah, I I like I like what you guys are saying. I mean, I to- I totally agree with everything you just said. I you know I think we're just. Yeah, I think we've seen, you know, when we've seen some of these movements in the past, you know, um, uh, and, you know, and they've, they've typically been more like Pentecostal in nature. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, on one hand, we're just like, we're rough. It, like it, I think it like surfaces a level of fear because we're just afraid it's like something's, something's off about it. Something's mm-hmm. going wrong with it. It's not, you know, it's not theologically grounded. It's more emotionally based and people can get worked up to a, a place emotionally to where like there's the perception that something's going on, but at the end of the day, everybody's just sad and crying and emotional. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and there's something about a group dynamic, which can, you know, kind of like amplify that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a sense where, where people are just like saying, I, I think there's some, I think there's some good faith questions about, Hey, I hope this is real. I'm not there. I don't know. I just want to wait and see. I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's another side like Piper was talking about, which is just immediately skeptical, throwing, throwing it all out. And because, you know, again, they're, they wouldn't be Asbury university seminary people, right. It's not in their tribe. Yeah. And so there, there are, they already struggle with Asbury on that level, right. Because it's not reformed, it's Methodist, it's Armenian, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you get that side of it. But I think to your point, big T, I, I think we have to just step back, be humble and go, Lord, it looks like you're doing something. I'm not there. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I've already prayed for it a couple of times. Yeah. We, we talked about it at our church, you know, with, you know, with elders and staff a little bit. And it was just like, Hey, you know, um, this looks like something that this is a reminder of what we need to be praying for. Mm-hmm. Even if it proves to not be as authentic, it's still the thing that we want to be praying for mm-hmm. in our own towns, churches, lives. Yeah. Um, but I think all the, all the signs are there that this is something this is something pretty genuine. We have a uh, we have a we have an intern right now at the church that's actually traveling there on Thursday, and uh, I, you know he's going to be able to give us sort of a firsthand take on it. So huh. I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think just to be humble about it, I think is pretty important. But... So how how far is Ashland geographically from Asbury College? Oh, I think it's. I mean, it's not far. I think we're like four four and a half four four and a half hours. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not too. Far. Yeah. So he's going for what purpose? Just to like pull up and like be a part of it for a day? Or? Yeah, well, he actually is. A, he's enrolled there, so he's going to Asbury oh, wow. Seminary, and he has to like once per sem- a couple times, you know, per, per semester, he he just has to go there. Mm. And, uh, so he's just heading out, and it just happens in the mid. I think he's going there for a concert too. So this is what's also really interesting is that uh, Andrew Peterson happens to be booked to do a concert there on Thursday. And so, I mean, obviously, when he was booked to do this, he didn't know anything was going on like this. And he's so he's coming into this whole thing to, uh, yeah, to 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 obviously perform a concert. So that that's super interesting Mm -hmm. and potentially providential. Like I don't know, yeah, but that's fascinating. Um, Pipe, I'm thinking about a clearly website for Andrew Peterson. I feel like we (laughs) we left some meat on the bone there, but clearly Tolkien. Yeah, right. Uh, clearly yeah, I, Tolkienian. I don't know. <laughs> well, he he's Anglican. Maybe he fits in their website. Um, That's right. He isn't. Yeah, he's Anglican, dude. That makes so much sense. 
I didn't know that, but I knew it. If you know, you guys actually. So here's the thing. I know a lot of people who I don't know who are Anglican. Do you guys actually know anybody that's a friend of yours that is indeed Anglican? Dude, dozens. Yeah, Um, you do. Okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah. it's 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 probably. Go ahead, pipe. I was gonna say Ray Ray Ortland, who is famously Presbyterian has gone through the ordination process in the last yeah. year with the Anglican church. And then Sam Albury, who is joining staff at our church, uh, is, uh, is ordained Anglican as well. So, I mean, yeah, pretty, the, the thing is when you, when you think about them, you're like, boy, those guys don't seem like the stereotypical Anglicans. They're not the, they're not the reflective, right. uh, you know, what did you, what did you call it? Like little Yoda sit on your shoulder? <laughs> what, did, what did you yeah, say? Yeah. Yeah. Little Yoda sit on your shoulder guy. Yeah. Contemplative shoegaze, you know, just shuffling around kind of not doing a whole lot, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I know a bunch big R. So like in our community, Jackson is, Jackson is analogous to Ashland, maybe a little bigger, but yeah. you know, it, we're, we're in the South. So we've got a church on every street corner and a lot of big churches, and the Anglican church, like we had a, we had like a legitimately super left-leaning hipster downtownish kind of two, almost 2004 emergent church kind of deal that, uh, that closed. Mm. And so the Anglican church got a lot of runoff from that. The Anglican church here tends to be, you're on the faculty at union, you lean a little left, that's where you go. Um, and then pulling like that kind of student and and stuff as well. So, um, but yeah, the, but that being said, there are some really solid people that go there too. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just an interesting kind of, kind of deal. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty popular. I, I would say it, it sort of, it stands as a sort of, uh, if you want to zag on the church scene in Jackson, if you don't want to go reformed, if you don't want to go, kind of high gloss mega southern then you 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 zag your yourself into the anglican church would be my take on it mm. yeah um i think it's because so, we don't even have one here in a town so it's like yeah certainly not meeting any locals but then even people that like are close enough to me to where you know whatever i'm not living in the same town as them but i would be able to have a conversation with them about their experience like i don't even have anyone like that yeah yeah so, yeah yeah no it's fascinating um can, Boys, should can we I, take a break? Hit the last well, topic. Can, can I ask? Uh, can I ask one quick question? Back to the revival thing. Uh, yeah. So Ronnie made it. Ronnie made a point when he was kind of giving giving his thoughts on it. <clears throat> People's reaction to Asbury because of theological camp, and I I don't know if it's so much of a question as just as like a what the heck? Like where do we get off uh, dividing the Holy Spirit's work on kind of systematic theological lines? That hmm. it, it's so the idea of responding to Asbury and being like, well, that can't be genuine because they're not reformed seems like possibly the peak of reformed arrogance. And and boy, that's a high mountain to climb. So mm-hmm. I just I'm 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 just I was so struck when you said that, Ronnie, because I was like, wait, I think that's right. I think it's that there's a theological uh, dissonance here, disagreement. And and that's how we're evaluating this thing. We being the broader camp. Uh, what in the that seems absurd to me, but I think that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah so I think with the hate with the guys that are like with the guys that are hyper skeptical about it, I think for sure. I, but you also see what I think has been cool, though, too, Pipe, you've seen this on social 
like guys that are squarely in like the reformed camp are, are like being super like, Hey, I, I want to go out there. I want to find, I want to figure out what's going on. This seems great. There's, there's also like the opposite happening too, even yeah. in, you know, the reformed camp. So, you know, you're going to have those polarizing, you know, I think aspects about it, but yeah. Yeah. I, I have seen, yeah. I, I should be fair. It's not all negative reaction. The negative ones stood out to me because they seem the most out of mm-hmm. place. Most of what I've seen, I think leans more into at the very least, this is amazing. And I'm stumped by what's going on. Like, I don't have a category for this leaning much more into the, you know, praying this is all absolutely transformative and that it would spread and things like that, which that, so that there's a lot of that. And that's kind of across theological spectrum. It's just the negative responses have stood out because it, it just seems so absurd to me to be against something that there's, there's no clear, this is outside of like out of bounds. And there's a definite possibility, even lots of evidence that it is definitely within the work of the Holy Spirit. So where, why the negative, it just seems like resisting the Holy Spirit, or at least being at risk of that, which is a pretty significant sin, if we're being frank. Yeah, well, (laughs) I mean, yeah. And I've even noticed that some people that have gone there, and they've kind of given their sort of report back kind of a thing, you know, on social. And one of the things I keep seeing this pop up, you've probably seen this too, Pipe, is like, so I was there and it's not a big show. There's no lights shows. There's no fog machines. They're not just putting on this big performance. Like, like, so that that part of the skepticism, too, is that this thing is sort of being generated by like a, a particular kind of performatism rather mm-hmm. than. You know, just being, you know, just being something that's it could happen anywhere. It just right. happens to be happening within that chapel, which but even that is a qualification. It's like, uh, well, oh, OK, you know. Um, yeah, I've been like trying to think about how this would have been covered 20 years ago yeah. prior to social media. Yep. And I think by and large, we wouldn't have known about it. Um, Christianity Today would have done an article two weeks later um it just would have been a completely different experience and and today though i mean it's being experienced in much the same way as like the super bowl halftime show right so the super bowl halftime show happens you're sort of tacitly invited to comment on it everybody's commenting on it um but it but it seems that a revival that involves the holy spirit it needs to exist in a different space, but that's how it's being consumed, you know, um, which is really strange to me. And yeah, I don't quite know what to do with it other than, yeah, just hoping that it's real, wishing people well, um, kind of holding in, in both hands the idea that our hearts need to be open to this mm-hmm. and we need to, in fact, pray for it in our own institutions. And yet I do think we need to remain discerning, right? I don't, I don't think there's a, a model that's good where, you know, we're just signing off on everything. And I don't know, this seems good but to me. I guess but... the question that I have is like, why, why do we need to sign off on this? Like it yet yeah, be yeah. discerning, but like discernment has to do with what's going on in my, like, if somebody was That's trying right. to gin up a revival at my church or at my school or right. whatever, okay, right. discernment comes into play. If we're talking about right. a report of what the Holy Spirit is doing, you know, 500 miles away, that just seems right. like a matter for like prayer yeah. and probably yeah. gratitude. Not, I need to discern the, 
the efficacy and the reality of what's happening there. I mean, I would, I would imagine right. there are enough godly people on the ground there to have some sense of if this is real. And if it wasn't, after five straight days, uh, somebody mm-hmm. probably would have been giving that like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. And there's none of that. So right. I don't know. I, even the discernment part, I'm like, I don't feel the need to discern the movement of God at somebody yeah. else's organization. I just want it to be real. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going with the first comment, which is, you know, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have been invited to discern anything about it. Um, It would have been someone else's thing. And I mean, as someone who works at a Christian college, like (laughs) I I would be blown away by anyone wanting to be in chapel. You know, this this would be a great development. So, you know, um, I hope. Yeah, I, I, I guess I just hope it goes well and um good for them and we should probably stop talking about it so boys let's take a break we'll come back hit a third topic that has to do with social media we'll be right back all right boys we're back um the third topic the question that you dropped in pipe was this one can a person have quote a social media ministry uh, can a person have a social media ministry? Clearly there are lots of people trying to have one. Um, and my, I, I guess as the person on this podcast, who's the least invested in social media, it would seem that there are people who do have good ones. Like I'm thinking of your dad, Timmy K. I don't know, people who probably tweet things that are helpful and encouraging or just scripture. Um, but it's probably other people thinking that they can have a social media ministry that's probably ruined the idea of it. Um, Pipe, what's, what's your take on this one? I've, yeah, I have, I have very mixed... I, I agree with what you just said in terms of, yes, you, you can put out content that is uh, encouraging, helpful, biblical. Uh, you know, Ronnie does it. I try to do it. A lot of pastors do it. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of Christians do it. Like, you just put stuff out there that's good. The, the thing that I had in mind was the idea of like a significant portion of my ministry. God has called me to social media ministry that that mm. I really struggle with because so, so, social media more and more feels disassociated from from uh, any sort of relational reality. So it, it is where mm. it is where people spend an enormous amount of time and energy. It's also disconnected from where the meaningful stuff of of church and, and relational life happens. And so I'm just trying to, mm-hmm. that's what I guess what I'm trying to think through is like, can you, can the bulk of your ministry be just putting stuff out into the ether? And then what does that say about the, the portion of your life that is not lived that way? Like what, so for, you know, Ronnie and I are our pastors, you're working at a Christian university. So much of our ministry is embodied. It is, it's the conversations, yeah. it's the interactions, it's the eye contact, it's the like spending time with, uh, people or, you know, whether we're upfront speaking, we're looking people in the eye, whatever that is. If all we did was put stuff out online, it, it's, it's almost an inhuman ministry. It's like a bot ministry in a sense. So I'm, mm-hmm. that's, I guess that's the mm-hmm. kind of thing that I'm trying to wrestle with is like, is that actually a ministry or is it just sort of like, it's just a publishing channel and, and the actual stuff happens in real life. Cause all the guys you just mentioned who'd put this stuff out, you know, Keller, my dad, whoever, like, Mm-hmm. it's a it's a side thing it's just where some of the right. content goes that they've generated for people and in long form and so forth 
Mm-hmm. Baby, what thoughts do you have on it? Yeah, I mean, I I, I totally agree. I, I can't, I don't know that we would, I, I mean, are we, have we thinned out the word ministry to the point to where it, it mm. can be whatever we want it to be? Because I don't. That's I don't think, really good. I don't think yeah. scripture really gives, I think scripture gives us some parameters and what Piper just said is it always includes a sense of an embodied connection, you know, and um, again, it doesn't mean you can't do it. It doesn't mean it can't be an encouragement, but to label it as ministry, it's like, hey, like, you know, I, I love snacks and I love granola bars and I love little packages of <laughs> candy, but dude, it's not dinner. I, I mean, it's just not, yeah. it never will be. And, um, and if I try to like, if, if I try to treat it as such, um, it's, it's going to do bad things to my health at the end of the day. I'm not going to be nourished in the way that's beneficial. So no. yeah, I'm, I'm totally with, uh, totally with pipe on that one for sure. Yeah. I, I think you said a really important thing, which is we have thinned out and cheapened the word ministry. And this is where it gets dicey because, you know, we, we all grew up in the eighties and nineties, which were kind of the peak decades for people taking something that they wanted to do anyway, getting someone else to fund that thing and calling it a ministry. And I didn't, I didn't have the like intellectual machinery as a child to like really think through it at that level. But it occurs to me kind of retroactively that there were a bunch of people running around doing that in the eighties and nineties and like, um, even cool stuff and even like stuff that I like, like, you know, dudes who would go overseas and like, you know, play football in some league in Czechoslovakia and call it a ministry. And I was 80% of me was like, oh my gosh, that's cool. And 20% of me was like, that feels like something you just wanted to do anyway. And you're getting someone else to pay for it. Um, I don't know. It's strange, but yeah, I mean, to, to your other point, baby, the Bible doesn't provide any sort of framework for this. I mean, I, I don't think any of us would choose Paul like laying in an office and moving his thumbs around over Paul actually having journeys and, you know, impacts on places that existed. Um, I don't know. It's just strange that like you, you try to read all these things through a biblical lens and it's like, yeah, where, where does tweeting sort of fall into anything we can draw a straight line to in scripture? I don't know. You guys are pastors, though. You probably have more thoughts on that than I do. Anything come well, to it, mind? Yeah, it one just very practical thing. My presence on Twitter numerically is way larger than my presence in my church. Uh, and mm-hmm. and I never hear about it from people at church except for like four or five people who periodically are just like, man, you're funny on Twitter or whatever. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it, it has zero weight. And if I disappeared from mm-hmm. Twitter, it would have zero effect on my actual ministry, the thing that God has put me mm-hmm. in a place to do. My wife doesn't care about, she's not on Twitter. She doesn't care what I post. My kids don't care what I post. None of the relationships that matter to me are affected by Twitter. Now, that's not to say no mm-hmm. good has come out of it because there, there are actual human connections that have developed. But again, it's always leading to the, the in-person that Mm-hmm. That has uh, that has been the good that comes out of it. And, and so it's basically just an avenue for me to share about what I'm trying to do in person elsewhere. Hey, speaking on this, uh-huh. wrote about this at length to help, you know, churches and groups and individuals who are human. So it's. If Paul focused on Twitter 
you know, the church at Ephesus probably wouldn't have thrived, that kind of thing. Like, because he just, <laughs> right. he had to be, I mean, what is it, what Acts 20, when he's talking to him, he says like, uh, you know, speaking in public and from house to house, like there's just this, uh, yeah, there's just this very present ministry. And so it's just, it's one of those things that I was thinking about because I was, I was talking to a couple of coworkers yesterday, a couple of guys on staff about how, how people are using TikTok in a unique way to get information out there. You know, like there's, there's people on the, the very pagan side and then there's people on the mm-hmm. very Christian side. Uh, mm-hmm. That leads to a whole other question of, can you have an effective ministry when everything is algorithm based and you only see what you like? I don't know. Um, mm. But, and it just led me to think like if, with all the time and energy that put people are putting into this, is it is it the the thing that they ought to be doing? Like in terms of in terms of the way that God would have us devote our energies and spend our time. And also you can't deny that there is a lot of influence that comes from it, hopefully positive Christian, you know, even discipleship type type of influence. But but I, I right. don't I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean it it occurs to me as you were speaking, and just by experience, actual discipleship is really hard. But tweeting is really easy. Mm. You know, like you're in actual discipleship, you're someone's in your office like crying, you know, and you're weeping with those who weep and you're talking through hard issues and you're praying together and you're checking in and doing all the things that like discipleship requires. But it's really easy to tweet, um, and and it just logically, I'm I'm sort of drawn to the harder thing in the sense that like it's probably more meaningful, um, and I don't think anybody would argue that social media is especially meaningful, other than it just occupies now a large, uh, it it occupies a lot of real estate in yeah. the average person's life, you know. Yeah, it's it's meaningful by critical mass. Like it just it has to yeah. mean something because it takes up so much space. That's right. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know what to add to that. It's um, it it's just um, you know, I I think I think the in terms of my relationship with Twitter or social media, I mean, to be honest, like the th- the the things of value that have come out of it have just been relational. Like I've. I've had people like private message me that I maybe wouldn't have had the opportunity to like, I would have never gotten a phone call with them or then, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like I had, so a great example is this, I mean, I won't say his name, but like I had a guy that was out because he, he just needed a few days of downtime and he came out, got an Airbnb in, in a town and, uh, and was just, just hang out for a few days and like that. So that's a relationship now that, that you know happened through just you know us connecting on you know private messaging on twitter or whatever and so you think about like okay well it's pretty cool you know like mm-hmm. I, that's something that like has that's something that has some depth now that's something that mm-hmm. you know the lord has has sort of uh you know kind of kind of put two people together and um you know who different states and you know who knows how we'll be able to encourage each other and build each other up over the years but you know, so that that's one of the good things I think that can come out of anything that can be taken to a place that's that's uh, more than it's ever you know intended to be. And so, and I even think you know, like for us, I mean, we in a in a lot of ways, I mean, that's I mean, you know, this podcast and you know, there's a connection to social media with it. That's how people know about it. 
And um, it, and really the, the best thing that has come out of it is just friendships and connecting with people. So, um, but, but all the other stuff, I mean, to Piper's point, I mean, it's so true. It just, it just, it can't, it can't be the soul of our existence. It's not the soul of my existence. Like it's not right. even close, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just something to do. It's where I get news. It's where I get some laughs. It's where I throw out some thoughts, but I, I don't take it incredibly seriously. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and you wouldn't call it a ministry. No, certainly. And in the same way that we wouldn't call this podcast a ministry. I mean, yeah. in, no, in no way, shape or form would we ever do that. Um, this is something fun that we do that involves bloviating into our computers for an hour every week and then, you know, moving on. But yeah, I hope, I hope it's something, I mean, it's a, it's a privilege to share an hour of anyone's life, right? If they're mowing the lawn or driving the car, whatever, whatever they're doing as they're listening to this. Um, it's a big, it's a big deal that we get an hour of their life and hopefully we're saying mostly good things, but like, yeah, I would never call it a ministry, you know? Yeah. That's a special word. Like it's a special word to me that's reserved for, yeah, meaningful things that the spirit has called a person to. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Which is different that's not than cheap tweeting. It. That's not cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, Pipe, any last words on that one? Yeah, I think we should sign off this ministry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Boys, we've done what we always do. In, in this ministry, which is wander to and fro throughout three topics. And until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.